When I was in broadcasting school at the University of Central Florida, one class that they required that I take was called Studies in Listening. And I thought, woohoo, this is going to be a breeze, you know, studies and listening. How hard can that be? Everybody knows how to listen, right? You just shut your mouth and open your ears. I mean, I was ready for the final exam. Walked into class, you know, the first day of class, and the professor, he puts up on the screen a chart of communication. You got to put, put one up there. It looks something like this. And I looked at that and started looking at that, and I thought, uh-oh, this might be a little more difficult than I thought. This might explain why, there's, why there is so much trouble in listening, why we don't always do it well. In fact, if you were to ask my wife, Steph, she'd tell you that I should get my money back from that course, or at least have the option of retaking it. But anyway, you look at it, and there's a person A, and he's got this thought, he's got this idea, and he has to encode that message. He has to come up with some type of symbol that, that he or she is going to use, and, and that symbol can be a variety of things. You know, it could be a spoken word, it could be a text, an email, a drawing, a picture, it could be a whole variety of things, and then they have to transmit that symbol to someone else, and person B receives that symbol, receives that, that message, whatever it is, and then they have to decode it. They, they have to determine what it is that person A was trying to communicate. And the only problem is person B has a history with that symbol, right? He, he's heard these words, he's heard these thoughts before, and she's seen drawings like this. And so she has to determine what it is this person was trying to communicate. And then they submit another symbol back. And that person has to... Try to decode that. See, you can give it, and just because they got it doesn't mean they got it the way you gave it. And you look at that, and you see all these boxes and all these lines, and, and then right in the middle, there's all this noise and distraction going on as you're in the process of trying to communicate something. And it's no wonder that we have such trouble listening. It's no wonder we have such trouble communicating. In fact, I... I bet if you just ask people all over, they would tell you that they just want to be heard. You know, we, we have a longing for people in our society who just want to be heard. And as Christians, you know, we, we jump out and we have the greatest message on the planet to tell. And sometimes we can just run right into the speaking and we can forget the listening but Jesus models listening so well for us in Luke 24, verses 17 through 24. Luke 24, 17 through 24, on this road to Emmaus. We are in the middle of a sermon series, This Versus That. We're kind of walking the Emmaus road with Jesus and a couple of friends as Jesus teaches them about who he is. And the challenging part about this is he doesn't always do it the way we do it. He doesn't always share the way we share. We, we think, hey, we know the best way. It ought to be this way. And then Jesus says, well, have you considered that way? Luke 24, verses 17 through 24. Let's go ahead and read it. And Jesus said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood, and they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? 
And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. So if you remember kind of where we've been in our This Versus That series to set the stage for you this morning, uh, some things we've learned Jesus, uh, just from Jesus and his lessons on postmodern evangelism. Jesus, Jesus goes up to these two guys. Pastor Ethan, you did a great job talking about it last week, how he initiated and then walked with them, right? He, he walked with them. He journeyed with them, simply walking with them so that they know that life doesn't have to be lived just by themselves. You know, sometimes we're the embodiment, we're the flesh and blood example of who Jesus is to people just by walking with them, by being with them, by journeying with them, by finding out what's going on in their life and just being a part of that. And so the conversation often starts just by showing up, just by being available and walking with somebody, being present. And today we're moving into how important it is to listen, to not just speak, but to listen. I explained a couple weeks ago that I was trained in the culture of evangelism where you have this presentation, right? And if I can just get the person to open the door, then I can just launch right into this presentation of the gospel. And it may have worked, but what's going on now in our culture is as their culture kind of changes, living in this postmodern world, one of the things that I'm discovering over and over and over again is not just to speak, but to be able to listen. That we've got to create an atmosphere where people feel like, hey, it's, it's okay that they can talk. Create an atmosphere where they feel like, okay, I'm going to be heard, that this is safe, that I can really share what's going on. We, we have the opportunity to give people a great gift of our full attention. I mean, we live in a world of constant distraction. You know, everywhere you go, something is vying for your attention. You got billboards and email ads and, and TV, and everywhere you go, people want your attention. And in a culture that's scattered their attention in just a million different directions, you got all kinds of issues happening. I mean, distracted driving is huge. You drive anywhere, you'll see people on their phones texting all kinds of things, makes you a little nervous out on the roadways these days, but that's just how it is, right? We have a full-blown epidemic called attention deficit disorder, right? It's huge. It's, it's everywhere because we don't know how to pay attention anymore. We, we've lost that ability as a society to be able to just pay attention, to be able to listen. And so we're having to learn these lessons again. And with so many distractions, it's no wonder why we don't always learn them well, Right? Yeah, okay, one second. Yeah, okay, okay. See, that's not listening. Yeah, sure, okay, yeah, sounds good, whatever. Yeah, that's not listening either, right? But that happens all the time. You go out to any, any restaurant, and I guarantee you, you'll find people 
there'll be a person right across from them and they will be like this. Yes, uh uh-huh. Sounds good. What are you getting? Yeah, I bet it'll be good. See, what, what is your spouse, what is your friend, what, what do people hear with that? What, what are you communicating? <laughs> that you're not listening. That's not listening. When Jesus goes and he approaches these guys, it's almost kind of funny. You know, he, he goes up to these guys and, and, I mean, if anybody knows what's going on in Jerusalem, it's Jesus. And he goes up, I mean, it all happened to him, and he asked the question, what things? Did you notice that? He asks them, what things? As if anybody doesn't know, Jesus would know, and he asks, what things? See, he's modeling us to us this important thing. We've got to ask questions. You may know the answer. You still ask the questions. We've got to be a people who ask questions. Cleopas and his friend, they they couldn't recognize Jesus, and so they just start telling Jesus everything. I mean, you, you look at it. Look, look how Luke describes the conversation. He says that they're looking sad. You can just imagine their eyes downcast. You can hear the despair in, the, in their voice after all they've been through, this frustration. And they, Are you just a visitor? I mean, how do you not know this? Where, are you like from Mars or something? How do you not know what's been going on? Did you just walk through Jerusalem and somehow miss everything? I mean, do you, do you hear the despair in their voice? And then they begin to speak about who Jesus is and, and the hope that they had had and how, they, how Jesus had been handed over and how he, they had hoped so desperately that he would be the one to, to redeem Israel. But now that hope is gone. So instead of staying in Jerusalem, they're leaving. So we've given up. We're, we're just going to go on to Emmaus now. Yeah, we've heard some rumors that the women went to the tomb and the tomb's empty. But, you know, they're just in this state of confusion. But they're leaving. They, they, they've given up. They've thrown in the towel. And Jesus is listening to all of this. He's not just listening to the words of Cleopas and his friend, but he's paying attention to their emotions. He's listening to their body language, to everything they're saying in the way that they are relaying, encoding the message. How do we know that? Because when Jesus responded, he goes, point by point by point as he answers their questions so that when he leaves them, their hearts are burning with hope again. He had listened to the issues of despair and then he responded. I mean, how incredible is this truth? Jesus listens. Has that ever dawned on you? Jesus listens. He told us over and over and over again while he was here that during the course of his ministry that everything he does is what he's seen the Father do. I'm just doing what I've seen my Father do. What you see me do is what I've seen the Father do, and I'm just relaying that on to you. I know the Father's heart, so what comes out of me is what comes out of the Father. I'm relaying what the Father does, and so it shouldn't be a surprise that we have a Savior who listens because God the Father listens. I mean, over and over in the Bible, especially the book of Psalms, right? It just talks about, it's full of this phrase. And he heard my cry. You remember that from the Psalms? And he heard my cry. He heard my prayer. The psalmist will talk, this is what was going out. And I cried out and he heard me and he answered me. In the experience of the burning bush, 
You remember that? God tells Moses, I've seen what's going on and I have heard the cries of my people. Jacob, remember Jacob falls asleep. He's in the middle of nowhere and he has this dream. There's, there's, an, there, there's a ladder coming down from heaven. Note the, the ladder is coming from heaven. It's not from earth trying to get up to God. God came to us and, and there's this ladder and angels are descending and ascending. And then Jacob, he wakes up and he makes this, he says, I didn't even know it, but God was here. In the middle of nowhere, God was here. See, sometimes, even when we don't have words for our prayers, God hears. So sometimes when our prayers are so big and the panic is so desperate and we don't even have the words to say, God listens. God hears that. In, in, in the book of Romans, Paul writes that sometimes you have prayers so big that you can't find the words for them and God hears. Have you been there? If you haven't, hold on because <laughs> you're going to get there. You're going to get there. You're going to get to that place where the news you've just received is so hard that the only prayer you have to offer is tears. You'll get to a place at some point where the only thing you can say is just Jesus, 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 over and over and over again. You're going to get there, and when you do, don't panic. Don't worry, because when you can't find words that are big enough, God hears, that God is listening even then, that those, that those hurts are carried to the throne room of God. Paul, Paul writes in that same chapter that the same spirit, the same spirit of God who knows the depths of God the Father, so too he searches our hearts and he carries those hurts and those pains and those prayers that are too big for us to put into words. And he takes them to God. He finds those prayers and he brings them to God so that we can trust in those times that we don't even know how to pray, that God hears. See, our God is a listening God. And something remarkable happens with the gift of listening. You, you realize that you're heard. You realize that... that Someone cares. In the Old Testament, the, the prophets, they talked about the gods of other nations, you know, and, and, and they would go to these other nations and they would say, you know, you carve your gods out of stone. How, how tragic it must be that for your God to move anywhere, you have to put him in a wagon and tote him around beside you because your God is unable to move. And they also say, what, what kind of gods are these anyway that, that can't even walk? And you have gods, get this, that have ears made of stone. Ears made of stone, and they cannot hear you. See, one of the great things about our God is that he listens and that he hears. He hears. If you, looking at society, we've been amazed at the, what's taken place with the advent of social media, haven't we? Over the, the course of the last decade or so, Facebook, Twitter, Twitter Instagram, we, we've been amazed 
just how people will share their stories, share these confessions, share these pictures of perfection sometimes, just all over uh, the airways. But understand, we are living in a world desperate to be heard. Putting all this stuff out there, and it's almost asking the question, is anybody listening? Is anybody paying attention to me? Does anybody hear? Does anybody care? See, see, the world is longing to be heard. And we had this great opportunity to come in and to fill that void, to fill that void and to be the picture of God to them because we have a God who listens. And so in listening to others, we display this great characteristic of God that God hears, that God listens. Paul we talked about this funny story. We, we talked about it when we went through our series of the book of Acts this past year. But he was confronted by the risen Christ on, on the Damascus Road, you remember. And he's blind and he's scared and he hasn't eaten and he just stumbles to this house on Straight Street. And he's there and he literally does not know what to do next. You remember this. And then a man named Ananias in a vision, he's a devout Christian, Jesus appears to him and says, hey, Saul is waiting for you on Straight Street and you need to go to him and you need to tell him just who, who he is and who I have saved him to be, what his calling on his life is. And Ananias responds to Jesus and basically says, Jesus, have you heard about Saul? Do you know who Saul is? I mean, do you know that he's the one who's going around like imprisoning Christians and killing Christians? I mean, do you know who Saul is? As if Jesus is going to say, oh, you know, you know, right, Ananias, I must have had the wrong guy and just changed his mind. No, it's, it's a humorous almost story. And then Jesus, he finally just responds to Ananias and he just says, go, go tell him. And so Ananias goes, and then this, this beautiful, touching moment, Ananias says to Saul, the same Jesus who you met on the Damascus road sent me. Sent me. The same Jesus who you met sent me. I'm here to fill the void. I'm here to tell you what to do next. Ananias knows what's going to happen to Paul even before Paul knows what's going to happen to Paul. And he shows up and he says, the same Jesus who you met has sent me. You, you read that story and, and maybe you wonder, you know, Jesus, you just met up with Saul. You just met him on the Damascus road. Why didn't you just show up at the house and tell him what to do? I mean, you could have gone there and you could have comforted him and you could have said whatever and, and just tell him what, what's going to happen. Why didn't you go to that house on Straight Street? Maybe it's because Jesus knew that Saul couldn't handle another vision from Jesus. He couldn't handle that visit again. I mean, the first one made him blind. If he came again, maybe it just would have been too much for him. Maybe Jesus knew that the best way to get through to Saul was to encode his message in a different way. Was to encode his message through another believer. To let Saul know, hey, there's going to be some Christians and they're going to accept you. Even after all you've done, they're going to welcome you in. 
They're going to love you. So so I'm going to soften this message by encoding it through the life of another person. You know, we're we're living in a world, and and Jesus could come and just show up in people's lives. In fact, I've got a a good friend of mine, Daniel, over in Sierra Leone, and he was from a, a Muslim village out in the middle of nowhere. No Christians at all in his village. And he was saved because Jesus met him in a dream. And just told him who he was in a dream. And I'm listening to this, and it's so foreign to our experience here in the States, right? But this is how, this is how my friend Daniel was saved. But oftentimes, God doesn't work like that. Oftentimes, he chooses to encode his message through you and me. To go up and to be that listening ear. To go up and to say, hey, Jesus has sent me. I'm here to listen. I'm here to ask some questions. I'm here, I'm here to fill the void. You, you look at it through the, through the course of Jesus' ministry. How many times does the story begin because Jesus heard? Because Jesus listened? I mean, walking down the street, the lepers cry out, Son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus hears them. And the story happens. And sometimes those words don't have to be spoken, right? We've talked about this. They don't have to be spoken. The woman who is sick with the issue of blood, she comes up and, you know, she can't find a doctor. There's no one who can treat this issue that she's had. She's had it for years now. And she's desperate. She's unclean. By this point, she would have been ostracized from her family, from her friends. She has to live on the outside of camp. She can't be in her community anymore. She's got this terrible issue of blood. And she thinks, if I can just make my way through that crowd, if I can just touch his garment, I will be healed. And so she pushes her way through And she touches Jesus, and Jesus stops in the midst of this big crowd, and he says, who touched me? And the disciples, they said, Jesus, are you crazy? A million people are touching you. How would you possibly know who it was who touched you? And Jesus says, no, 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 there was somebody who touched me in prayer. There was somebody who touched me in need. See, it wasn't that Jesus didn't know. It's that he was listening and he knew her greater need. He knew that she needed to be noticed. He knew that her prayer wasn't fully answered yet. Just just pay attention. Stay with me here. The woman comes up. Do you remember how the story goes? She comes up trembling with fear. Remember, she's been ostracized on the outside of camp, unable to go and just be a part of normal society. She comes up trembling with fear, and she says to Jesus, it was me. I'm the one who touched you, and she probably explained what was going on. And then Jesus responded to her. Do you remember what he called her? He called her daughter. He called her daughter. You know, usually you go throughout scripture and you see when Jesus talks to a woman. Do you know the term that he often uses for women when he talks to a woman? He just calls him woman. Just says, even when he talks to his mom, he calls her woman. But this time, with this woman, he knows her needs. He's listened to her heart. And when she's there and she touches him and she says, yes, Jesus, it was me. He doesn't call her woman. He calls her daughter. Daughter, 
What's he saying? You can go home to your family again. Daughter, it's okay, you have a family. Daughter, it's okay, your faith has healed you. Daughter, you can go home. You see how he listens to our hearts. How many conversations do you have where a friend tries to tell you something and you just don't hear? For whatever reason, you've got all kinds of distractions in life, you've got busyness of life, you've got things that you've got to get done, you've, you've got your own agenda, your own worries. See, we, we have people just like this woman who desperately need to be heard. And we have to be able to create an opportunity so that that person can feel like, I can share. I can share this hard thing, this difficult thing, or even this celebration, this joyous thing with someone else. Now we hear from people sometimes in, in uh, marriages, so I just don't feel like my husband hears me. You know, I just, I just want to sit down on the couch, eye to eye, and just have this conversation with him. And the husband hears eye to eye, and he thinks you're getting ready for battle, right? I mean, there's some kind of war going on, because that's just how guys process things. Eye to eye sounds like war talk. If you want to talk to a guy, and you want to create that opportunity, guys like to talk by doing things. You know, you get out on the golf course, and, and you're just with the guys, and, and you're, you're looking down the fairway, and you're saying, how's, how's the job going? Okay, that's good. Yeah, how, what club do you think I should use? Uh, Three wood if you're a man, but, uh, well, give me the driver. (laughs) But that's how it goes, right? And you just have this conversation. You're out fishing, you're baiting the hook, and you're having the conversation. You want to talk to a guy, sometimes what you need to do is just take him out and do something with him. You want to talk to a woman, well, you you got to eliminate the distractions. you got to tell her, hey, I value you enough. I'm looking at you. I got nothing else on the, on the agenda right now. I just care about this time with you. But see, we, we have to develop these skills so that we know how to talk to people so they're going to feel like it's okay to share even when everything is not okay. You know, the reason, another reason why some of us aren't very good at listening is because we just have so much going on in our own head. So many thoughts, so many ideas, just so much up there. There's this story in Mark chapter 4 where the disciples, they're, they're in the boat with Jesus. You know the story. It's, it, it's a crazy storm that comes up on the lake, right? It's so fierce. They're trying to get, they're on the Sea of Galilee. This crazy storm breaks out, unexpected. The, the boat is just being overloaded with water, taking on so much water. And these experienced fishermen are convinced that this is the end. Okay, it's got to be some kind of storm because these guys, they've been on the sea a lot and they're convinced this is the end. It is over. And they look over and Jesus is asleep. And so they go over to him and they say, and they make this just a humorous statement to me. So many stories in the Bible are somewhat funny, you know, because they're true to life. And you just really, well, that's just how life is. And they go over to Jesus and they wake him and they say, Jesus, don't you care that we're going to drown? Come on, Jesus, wake up and worry with us. You you need to be panicking the way we are. What are you doing there sleeping? Jesus wakes up and he speaks to the wind and the waves 
the way you speak, the way a parent speaks to a child. Did you hear it? He says to the wind, hush, hush. He says to the waves, be still. Shh, shh, be still. The wind stops, the waves stop. They recognize the voice of their master. Shh, shh. For us as believers, one of the great gifts that we can bring to a friend is the stillness because Christ has calmed the winds and the waves of our heart and of our mind. And so there's this stillness that comes because he's put the storms in our life at bay. And we realize whatever storms we have, he's their master, that he can speak to them just as a parent speaks to a child. Shh, hush, be still. And so now I can sit and I can listen to someone else and I can hear what's going on, and I can be that listening ear, and I can be the example of God to them to demonstrate that Jesus hears. But you know, if you keep all that a secret, if you keep all what's going inside a secret, if you hold it all in, if you don't let it out, it keeps all of its power. You realize that? You see, the enemy will tell you you're hurt, You've got this pain, you've got this struggle, this stuff's going on. Just don't tell anybody. Act like you've got it all together. Don't let your guard down. You know, just, you just keep it inside. It's going to be okay. You don't need to tell anyone. This is the whisper of Satan in our ears oftentimes. Don't let it out. Don't let people know. Just hold it in. But when you hold it in, it keeps all of its power. The worry persists. The panic stays present. But when you share, when you press in, Ephesians talks about this, to press into the body of saints, to the body of believers, that together we would know the love of Jesus, the heights, the depths, the width, the, the, just the breadth of God's love. And together you will know this. And when you speak this and when you share, this amazing thing happens. The, pair, the, the, the power is gone. That when you share, hey, this mistake I made, this hurt I carry, and when you name it, it loses its power because you are surrounded by a body of believers who says, I'm praying about that for you. That I've, I'm listening just as God has heard. See, when you come alongside people and you walk with them and you listen to them and they're able to say, hey, this happened, here's what's going on, and you say, I hear you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to journey with you in this. I'm going to pray about this for you because Jesus has journeyed with me. Because he has heard me. And it's not always the bad stuff. You know, it's people need to celebrate sometimes. I mean, you know how it is. You have this moment, something good happens, and you just have to find somebody. Anybody will do. And you just say, hey, I had to tell somebody this happened. Because we need someone there to say, yes. I'm excited for you. Yes, that is good. I'm so glad that happened. But we live in a society now where sometimes we don't even want to share the good stuff because maybe you've got bad stuff going on and I don't want to, I don't know, and I feel guilty about sharing good things. 
This amazing thing happens in the body of Christ where we get to rejoice with those who rejoice and at the same time weep with those who weep. That the weeping ones are able to rejoice with the rejoicing ones and the rejoicing ones are able to weep with the weeping ones. It's a beautiful picture of listening and being heard and just living life on this journey together the way God has intended it to be, the way the body of Christ expresses itself. See, we need people to validate our just experiences and the truth of what Jesus says about those experiences. But yet this is good. This is worth celebrating. Or sometimes, I understand you're celebrating this, but have you ever thought about dot, dot, dot? Do you hear the question Cleopas asked Jesus at the beginning? He says, are you just a visitor? Are you just a visitor? He's asking because he's wondering, Jesus, how have you not heard everything that's, that's happened in Jerusalem? But I get the sense that sometimes people are asking us the same question. Are you just a visitor? Do you really care? Are you really going to hang around and, and be there? Are you just making conversation for a moment? Because we live in a world where people are desperate to be heard. We live in a world desperate to know that there's going to be people who will join alongside them and say, I'm listening, I hear, I care. Because God has listened to me, because God has heard my cry, because God cares about me, and also he cares about you. And that same Jesus has sent me to you. The same Jesus, the conqueror of death, walks and listens to his children. And then he invites his children to go out as a kingdom of priests, not just to speak, but also to listen. Let's pray together. And as we pray, if you're involved in in VBS this this year in any way, if you're serving in any way, uh, I want to be able to pray for you. Is this week that there'll be opportunities, just children, families, parents, that you'll have the opportunity to maybe listen to them a little bit and to engage in a, in a conversation and maybe to walk with them a little bit. So if you're involved in VBS in, in any way, if you please stand right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have heard our cries And in hearing our cries, you answered them fully and finally through your son, Jesus Christ. But um, but God, you continue to hear, and you continue to listen, and you continue to touch. And we thank you for that, because we recognize that we are the most undeserving people. And God, now you choose to use us. You choose to use us to be that listening ear to others as we represent you. And so, God, I pray for all of those here who are, who are standing, who are just giving of their times and talents and energies this week, just to be around children who, who need to know you, who need to know the good news of Jesus Christ and what the Christian life looks like and the, the excitement and the joy that comes from being yours. Because, God, in being yours, it also means that we are heard. And so, God, this week, uh, we just ask for many stories uh, 
that would emerge from children, parents, grandparents, neighbors, friends, whoever, whose lives are eternally changed by the good news of Jesus Christ. God, we look forward to coming back next week and just celebrating all that you're going to do these next few days. And so God, give us a great week. Give us opportunities to listen well so that we can represent you well. We ask this by the power of the Holy Spirit and through the grace of our Son, Jesus Christ, whom we love.